What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to Arrowhead Live. This is episode 20. I'm Grant, joined by my co-host, Ori. What's going on, guys? Austin wasn't able to join us tonight. Um, so going on to the Chiefs' loss, um, first loss of the season, the Chiefs are 4-1 and one, um, after starting undefeated through the first four weeks. They drop a 19-13 to loss at home during primetime to the Colts. Uh, it was not pretty at all, um, and there weren't many things that impressed. Um, however, there were a few that we'd like to, to point out. Um, the first one is Ward's improvement. Um, so he allowed 126 yards through the first or in the first week of the season um, against the Jaguars, and since then he has only allowed 113 yards. Albeit he did allow a touchdown, but he's also had an interception in that time. Um, so 113 yards, you know, spread out over four games, that is pretty solid. And, um, you know, so if, if Ward can continue this trajectory, um, that'd be really nice. And, you know, something that we sorely need in the defensive backfield, um, especially with the addition of Mo Claiborne, you know, hopefully those two guys, um, in combined can, you know, make a nice impact opposite Bashad Breland, who, uh, we'll mention a little bit later, did not have a very good game. Yeah, and Ward Ward was kind of due for a good game. He hasn't been too bad this season, but he's been up and down. Um, it'd be really nice if we could have them both have a good game at the same time. Him and Breland uh, hasn't happened. Has really hasn't happened yet. It was been kind of Breland was picking up the other guy's slack, but uh, Ward was pretty good this good this week. Um, and you know, it's obviously you like to see that. You like to see one of the guys stepping up outside. Um, Breland had those those penalties and, you know, hopefully he'll learn from that. But it was, it was definitely good to see Ward's improvement going on to, uh, this week. Uh, kind of moving on to Frank Clark. Uh, so, you know, everybody's been pretty down on Frank Clark lately. Um, you know, he hasn't been able to get to the quarterback like we thought he would. Um, you know, in previous episodes, we've talked about, we've talked about this over and over again every week, when's Frank Clark going to show up, but he hasn't, hasn't actually hasn't been too bad as far as pass rush. Um, or not pass rush, sorry, as far as run-stopping ability. Um, when it, we looked at, you had pro football focuses, you know, stats across the board for, for the D-line, and his side is far, by far the best. I think he was ranked, was it ranked eighth? Yeah, um, the eighth, whenever teams go after the left end, which is, which mm-hmm. is Frank Clark, um, it, they ranked eighth in the league or something like that. I don't remember what exactly what the stat was. Yeah. And then um, but it was basically... It was basically, you know, teams are running with success pretty much everywhere except for when they run at Frank Clark. Yeah, yeah. his was his was like eighth. I think there was thirty first. Was it was like there was nothing higher than in mid twenties except for Frank yeah. Frank Clark. So, um, yeah, he definitely is doing okay over there, and he had his best game this week. Um, definitely would like to see him be able to get to the quarterback a little more, but uh, definitely some improvement from him. Yeah, and I think if he continues this upward trajectory, I mean, that's really what we want to see. We knew that the defensive scheme, uh, I mean, we've said it since the beginning of the year, that the defense would take a little bit to get going. Um, you know, I, I don't think we expected the run defense to be this bad, um, but hopefully, you know, they've got a couple injuries, but, you know, I I would assume that Spagnola would, you know, do some adjustments and, uh, you know, prepare for the Texans a little bit differently than he's prepared for the first five games. Um, the next thing that really impressed me was the fact that Byron Pringle, he showed that he belongs on this team um, and in the NFL. 
Um, so he had over 100 yards and a touchdown. He had one bad play. Uh, that was well, it wasn't even really a bad play. I mean, it was like a 23-yard catch. But um, he caught the ball and then he was running up the field. You know, he he got stopped short like a yard or two shy of the first down marker. Um, to which you know Andy Reid decided to run the ball up the middle on fourth down, which made absolutely no sense. But all Pringle had to do was basically run forward, and he would have gotten the first down. I mean, his his momentum would have taken him across the line, whether the guy hit him in the exact same spot that he did. Um, Pringle tried to cut it outside uh, to get around his block, and you know, you know, cut it upfield. But uh, the the Colts defender uh, made a nice play and, and stopped Pringle short of the line, and uh, you know, ended up turning it over on downs. So, yeah. you know, that's that's not good. But overall, Pringle had a really nice game. Yeah, he did. And the I know it's we've on these what's impressed we've also talked about what's been what what has been bad just because the game was just a rough one and in all facets basically for the Chiefs but yeah going he did he could have had that first down and you kind of wonder if Mahomes won a band will take him down the field and, and win that game if he got gets it but it's de- the game's definitely not on him he had he was the, our best wide receiver that game um most yards you know he he really showed that he belonged on the team and especially for a guy that we didn't even know if he'd get any playing time with it, but with these injuries, he's um, definitely stepped up and, and looked like he belongs out here with, with one of the best offenses in the league. Um, moving on, um, something else that was, was really awesome to see was Tyron Matthew um, showing that he's still elite. Um, you know, our defense has been, been rough to say the least that we all know, but um, he's definitely been one of the bright spots on defense, which is what we were hoping, which is why we brought him in. You know, he had that, he had that, that nice sack. I think I believe it was last week. He got, um, he's able to, you know, been he's been really good in, in uh, well, sorry, really good in coverage, um, and you know, he's just been able to go up and come up and make hit some people, get make some stops, um, exactly what we wanted him, we wanted him for, and um, yeah, definitely, he's been one of the bright spots, one of the only bright spots on defense for us, honestly. Yeah, and you know, as as Veach said at the beginning of the year, um, Andy Reid Andy Reid told him that he's having trouble finding things that Tyron Matthew can't do, um, and you know we've seen that. You know we've seen him rush the passer, we've seen him make run stops, we've seen him make bat down passes on defense. Got an interception last week, um, and you know so hopefully we'll continue to see that. Um, I know that if. Steve Spagnolo will, you know, put Tyron Matthew in the box or or add an additional linebacker in the box that the run defense will improve, um, but the pass defense will obviously suffer. Um, so that's one of the things where we want a a cornerback. Like this is the this is the argument. Like people are saying, well, you know, we need run defense. We need run defense. Well, if you sign or trade for a corner that can lock down a single wide receiver the number one wide receiver all game long he can shadow that guy and he can keep up with him all game long um that allows for spagnolo to put tyron matthew in the box um or an additional linebacker in the box that you know isn't so focused on stopping the pass um and if they did that obviously the run defense would improve so that's something to consider especially um as we approach the trade deadline which is after week eight, I believe. Um, so, you know, we have a few more weeks here, um, and hopefully Veach is keeping his eye out on on some guys. We sent out a tweet with a long list of players that Veach should definitely be um, calling on. Um, the next thing that impressed, 
like I said, there's not too much that impressed. Um, it was a struggle to find five things that were really good about last game. Um, but the one thing that I did um, appreciate was, you know, after Kelsey shoved Eric Bieniemy on the sideline, uh, he came up to him and he apologized to him. And, you know, as we've seen, like, throughout Kelsey's career, um, he has struggled with his maturity and stuff like that. He made some, he makes some dumb mistakes. He causes some stupid flags and stuff like that. But after he shoved Bienemy, you know, Bienemy got up in his face, I guess, about him dropping the ball and stuff like that. Kelsey, you know, gave him a little shove and then later came up to him um, on the sideline and, you know, gave him a hug and basically apologized for, for being an ass. But, you know, that's, that's one thing, like I said, there's not much to be impressed with, but uh, I had to throw that one in there simply because we didn't have much to talk about and because it uh, is important to show that, you know, Kelsey has, you know, matured quite a bit over his, um, you know, six years in the NFL. Yeah, and it was a rough game for everybody. So you can you can see why, you know, Kelsey is always gets fired up about stuff. He knows he was having a bad game. I don't know if, right, we obviously don't know what EB said to, you know, get him going, but um, he de- he's definitely, he shouldn't have done it in the first place. We, everybody knows that. He knows that. Um, but it's good that he came over and apologized. Uh, that was a mature thing to do. Um, and it was just a rough game for everybody. He, he knows he was having a bad game um, and probably just, took it out and took his frustration out on the wrong guy. But um, you def- definitely showed signs of maturity and uh, moving forward. Hopefully you can uh, keep it, keep calm. So moving on to what disappointed um, pretty much <laughs> we've talked about a lot of things that already disappointed us while we were in the impressed column. But um, one of the first thing was, was Breland. Uh, he was awful. He had, I don't even know how many yards and penalties, a lot. Four, it was uh he had four penalties and one of them was fifty three yards. Yeah. Um, and then I think he had, you know, a, a holding penalty, um, and then two other pass interference penalties. So I mean, he basically accounted for almost a hundred yards in penalties on his own, which is absurd. Um, yeah. I mean, he wasn't terrible in coverage. I mean, the Colts didn't really throw the ball that much, but you know, Breland alone, especially that fifty three yard penalty, that you know that really killed us. Um, that. Yeah that shot the defense early and you know so yeah it was pretty disgusting every time the i would see yellow come up on my screen i was like oh what did breland do this time and it was him again every single time and it was it got really old um he's he's been one of the better guys on the in the past or not past rest and in coverage the last um couple weeks even on a very uh subpar uh defense but uh he was definitely not a bright spot this weekend. He, I think he knows that. Um, he'll, he'll fix that. I'm sure the coaches are going to get on him. I don't know how they wouldn't. Um, and I really doubt that he's going to have those type of type of errors next week. Yeah, um, and I mean, the good thing is, is Breland, like, after the game, he came out and was like, yeah, that was terrible. That's never happened to me before. Um, and basically knew that he needed to fix that issue going forward because, you know, things like that will just kill the team. Um, the next thing is the special teams issues. I don't know what's happened. Um, I don't know if Dave Tobe doesn't have the right guys out there or what. Um, DeAnthony Thomas all of a sudden doesn't know how to return punts. Uh, he's catching the ball on the five-yard line with, with defenders in his face and just gets killed. Um, and then, you know, he calls a fair catch whenever there's nobody around him. I just I don't understand what's going on 
with uh, with DeAnthony Thomas. I mean, I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be around, especially once Tyreek and Sammy Watkins come back. Um, but hopefully, if he is around, I mean, I don't I don't think that Tobe is going to put Tyreek Hill out there on punt returns um, once he gets back, at least not immediately because, I mean, simply because, you know, punt returns are rather dangerous and they don't want to put Tyreek Hill out there, you know, taking blind hits um, whenever he's looking up for the ball and stuff like that. Um, so hopefully DeAnthony Thomas can get on the film and, you know, get some things figured out. I think he's, I mean, I understand. I think he's just trying to make a play, um, make something happen because it hasn't been great. Um, so hopefully he'll get on film and he'll figure that out if he is, you know, on the roster returning punts the next, uh, the next few weeks. Um, and then another thing with the special teams is Colquitt just doesn't look like the same player at all. I mean, he can't pin anyone inside the, like he, he's not even close. He, he punts the ball from the 50 yard line and it goes to the 15. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, he, he used to have an uncanny ability to, kick the ball and, you know, pin it inside the 10 or the five. And he just hasn't done that this year. His kicks haven't been, his punts haven't been accurate at all. And I'm not really sure what's going on with him other than the fact that, you know, he's, he's gotten older and, you know, it might just be uh, time for him to move on. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with that either. Um, you could say it's the age, but a lot of punters get are far older than him and they are still doing all right. I don't, I don't know what's going on with him, but it's like almost every play, though, like you hear the announcer like, oh, and it doesn't get very much on that one. It's like, uh, what what's going on, Colquitt? Like, I don't know what is going on here, but you got to figure it out. <laughs> but going back to Anthony Thomas, I don't know what this guy's problem If he has a death wish, I don't know what his problem is. He There'll be five guys bearing down on him t- uh, 10 yards away, and he's not fair catching it. He just takes it and gets drilled. What? And But then he'll, like you said, he'll – he'll fair catch ones where there's nobody within two miles of him. It doesn't make any sense. It's like he wants to get hit, but it's like, I, I get that you sometimes you want to try to make a play. I know that he's fast, but it, he's fumbled a lot in the past. And I'm just waiting for one of those one that where yeah, he gets drilled yeah. in a fumble. And then where it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't know how after like the second or third time that he's done that in the in one game, why Tobe doesn't go up to him and be like, Hey, fair catch the ball. Well, I mean, last week he fair caught a ball on the four yard line. What? Um, and all he had literally, and if he if he would have just let the ball go, the ball probably would have landed at the one or the two. I mean, given how like physics work, and the ball would continue moving for you know another six feet. Um, but like it does, it doesn't make sense. Why would he fair catch that ball? That was that really really hurt us was, you know, D'Anthony Thomas giving up 20 yards in field position by fair catching a ball on the four-yard line. Um, all he had to do was let the ball roll into the end zone. And if the ball somehow stops on the two-yard line, well, it's two yards behind where he fair caught it, so it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it, uh, I don't understand what he's doing. Maybe it's time. I know that they don't want to put Harbin back there because he's, with the injuries, he's one of the starting wide receivers. But yeah. It, when it, it might need to come to that at some point because it's getting pretty awkward back there. Um, moving on to the next disappointment um, was Andy's poor play calling. We kind of hit on it earlier when we – I mean, there was there was a few errors throughout the game, but the, the most obvious one was when the game's on the line. You have Mahomes, you know, driving up the field, fourth and one because of the, the whole Pringle situation. 
that we talked about earlier, and he calls a clear run. They they're, they line, line them all up. They, everybody knows it's a run. If I know it's a run, everybody on Twitter knows it's a run. The, the Colts defense are, can tell that it's a run as well. And he just runs straight up the middle instead of giving Patrick Mahomes, who's the MVP of the league, a chance to go down there and win the game. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Honestly, I wouldn't even have been mad if he handed it off to Anthony Sherman because if he had given it to Sherman, at least Sherman is three yards closer to the line of scrimmage than yeah than Dam- Damian Williams was. And not only does he he run the ball, he runs it straight up the middle where yeah, but- we have just lost Andrew Wiley, who has been one of our better um, one of our better blockers um, along the line. Um, I believe he's second behind, you know, Mitch Schwartz over the past few weeks. And, you know, they, they run it up the middle. That made absolutely no sense to me. I would have been fine with a quarterback sneak. I would have been fine with them handing it off to Anthony Sherman if Andy Reid really wanted to run the ball. Um, and then he runs it up the middle and it, you know, obviously gets stuffed. And then Cam Irving didn't even block Justin Houston. Justin Houston ran unblocked down the line of scrimmage and just killed Damian Williams. It made no sense. And then to, yeah. to before that, before that play, it's second and 30, and Andy Reid runs a jet sweep to the left where we don't have Eric Fisher and we don't have Andrew Wiley. He runs a jet, jet sweep to the left with Damian Williams. Why? Or, or, or a, a pitch. I don't even remember what the play was. All I remember is it went, that, it went they outside. Keep, they keep doing that play where Hardman goes around, and it, nobody bites on it. Nobody ever thinks it's going to Hardman because it never is. And – I don't know if that was the exact. I don't know if that was the exact play, but it was something to that effect where they do the little motion and Hardman goes. But even if you know at second and thirty, how are you not giving letting Mahomes throw it? Like it makes no sense. Like if you're gonna do those one of those type of plays, do like a do a screen. We've had very right. we've done had really good success with screens. It doesn't make any sense to do the. So he gets it doesn't make sense. Andy just like at the worst times tries to do something, some random. Some random thing. I don't know. Was it and was it Damian Williams that, that that ran the one yard? Was that was who was running it, or what? was it? What are you talking about? On the one uh, with the fourth down, was it Damian? Yes. They gave yeah, why it was they, Damian Williams up the middle yard? They know they're running. Why wouldn't they put in Daryl? He is the Daryl. Like I said, like I said, if first of all, if you're gonna run it up the middle, why not give it to Sherman, who's three yards closer to the line? Our, our offensive line's been getting killed all game long. You know, if you're going to try to run it up the middle, why not run it up the middle with a guy that has the ability to, you know, at least yeah. get some push, you know? It, it doesn't make any sense. And I, and yeah. going back going back to the play where they were on the four-yard line, their own four-yard line, and they run it to the left with Damian Williams and it gets stuffed on second and 30, why if even if you ran the jet sweep and they – gave the option and handed it off to to McCall Hardman, I would I would rather them give it to Hardman yeah. or like you said, run a screen or something. Why yeah. run the ball on second and thirty? Like if you're gonna try to get creative, then get creative. Don't just hand it off to Damian Williams on second and thirty. That makes no sense. That's something that's something that you do if you're up by twenty points. Yeah, it doesn't make it's like any Andy sense. Andy Reid forgot that he was losing. But I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Andy Reid's play calling was horrendous last week. It was good at the beginning of the game. He uh, had some really good play calls um, up until Shady fumbled. And then that's another thing. That's another thing. Shady McCoy doesn't get a single run 
He doesn't get a single touch after he fumbled the ball. Really? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. He, yeah. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe he got hurt. I don't know. Um, but I mean, give the ball to someone else. I mean, Damian Williams wasn't working. Or yeah. shit, run a screen to Damian Williams. I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was just. It was ridiculous. It was a terrible game all around. Um, you know, I'm getting sitting here getting worked up over it. So I, we got to move on. Um, the next thing, this is also going to work me up. Jeez. Uh, a, really, a lot of good topics today. Some of the worst, absolute worst run defense I've ever seen in my life. I know Hitchens was hurt. I know Chris Jones was hurt. I know Xavier Williams was hurt. But whenever you can send out Marlon Mack or Jordan Wilkins and run it up the middle off the center's butt over and over and over and over again for eight yards every single play, they ran the ball 45 times. 45 times. And Spagnolo never made an adjustment. I don't I don't care. Dare play man, play man, put one cornerback on every single wide receiver and stack the box. Yeah. I don't care. Dare, if they're gonna beat us, dare Jacoby Brissett, who had thrown an interception pre earlier in the game, to dare him to beat you with his arm. Dare Jacoby Brissett, who threw a horrible interception to Tyron Matthew, to beat you with his arm. He wasn't gonna do it. Why yeah. just let him? They they had five men in the box. It was the softest box I've ever seen in my life. They had five men in there, six guys in there at you know pretty much the entire game, five or six guys, and they just cont- the Colts. I don't blame the Colts. I give the Colts credit for just continuing to run it. It, w- it was ridiculous. It was pathetic, honestly. You know they they literally figured out like, oh, this is how we're gonna beat the Chiefs, and then they're like, the Chiefs were like, well, we're just not gonna adjust. Like they're we're just not going to like they. Literally said, we're going to run it up the middle. We're not going to get put the ball in Mahomes' hands because we're just going to keep the ball, keep running, keep running until you stop us or change something. And we didn't change anything. For 37 minutes of possession time, they had the ball. Yeah. We yeah. didn't. We did not think for one of those times, hey, let's everybody in the box and make them beat us. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Like, what – all they had to do was just bring every, put everybody in there, and then they're forced to throw it. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I know that Breland was ha- not doing, you know, doing his old penalty stuff, but like, just make him throw it. Like, at least we have a chance at intercepting it, a chance at something. We, if we're just sitting there letting him run up the middle, they, the defense looked like they didn't know what it was coming every single time, and, and every time they'd run every first down, it was five to eight yards, and then they yeah. had to. They'd stop them on second down to like third, and then they would just, you know, let them let them get that extra down. It just didn't make any sense, and it just it was ridiculous. I, I don't and know. There's not much to say about it. The thing is, is I don't even care. I don't care if Spagnolo had rolled out an eight-man box on every single play in the second half. Every single play in the second half, he can roll out an eight-man box, and he can drop four guys into coverage. I don't care. Drop four line, drop three linebackers in a safety, or three linebackers in a defensive end, or whatever. I don't care. But at least make it look like you're trying to stop the run. They weren't even trying to make it look like they stopped the run. He didn't disguise anything. He didn't get creative with anything. He rolled out a five or six man box every single time, and he got killed. He got killed. Yeah. He got out coached. He made. He did nothing to fix it. It's almost like he's afraid. He's scared to get beat with the pass. He's scared yeah. to get beat with the pass, so he drops six guys into coverage. Yeah, he has six does. guys in coverage every single play, and I, 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 it's, I don't know. It was baffling to me. It was the most frustrating game, one of the most frustrating games I've watched as a Chiefs fan 
in my lifetime. Yeah, I've probably watched. I've probably watched every single game. I don't even really remember most of the games whenever I was little, but I've watched every single game since I was probably three or four years old, and I've never seen a game has never frustrated me more than the game last night. It was just pathetic. Yeah, I I was almost so frustrated that like I couldn't even yell about it because I was just sitting there like. There's no point. They're gonna keep doing it, but nothing. They're they're not fixing it. It it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but we can just sit there and be mad about it all day. Uh, let's move on to the next the next topic, which was also ridiculous. Um, I know that there was injuries on the offensive line on the O line. The pass protection was disgusting. Um, they were not. They were just letting them through almost every play. Mahomes had a couple seconds to throw it. And um, he was obviously still hobbling around a little bit. Um, his his ankle is not fully healed, so there was he couldn't be as, as mobile as he normally is. And the pass protection needed to step up a little bit, a little bit to make up for that. And they did the exact opposite and allowed more people to come through. And I they just to make it even worse, they kept stepping on him twice. He got stepped on by Irving, was it? No, he got so he got rolled up on. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Andrew Wiley. I think it was the same play that Andrew Wiley got hurt on, actually. Um, he rolled up on Mahomes' ankle. Um, and Mahomes left after the drive, got it spatted up. And then I believe on the on the next drive, um, you know, he dropped back and Cameron Irving stepped on Mahomes' ankle and in the same spot that it's hurt. Yep, of course. Um, and, and the thing is, with the pass protection, I don't blame him. Look, I we know what Cameron Irving is. We know. We know we didn't expect Ryan Hunter to come in and be great. Honestly, I have no idea what led to the decision of keeping Cam- or Ryan Hunter over Jeff Allen. That made no sense. I don't know if they just didn't expect Andrew Wiley to get hurt, um, but they put themselves in a bad position. Um, but I don't, I don't blame Cameron Irving and Andrew Wiley for the way that they performed. I just don't. Um, I mean, we knew what they were. We knew what to expect. The thing that I have an issue with is going back to Andy Reid's play calling is why not line up guys, you know, put Travis Kelsey in the slot and run short routes, run screen plays, run something where Mahomes can catch the ball from shotgun and get the ball out of his hand and make a play. Why not do that? It it made no sense. They didn't even try to do that. They just kept throwing the ball down the field, which obviously, I mean, we lived through the Alex Smith days where, you know, they never threw the ball down the field no matter what. Mm-hmm. Or very rarely, at least. Um, but I, I, Andy Reid knew that Mahomes was back there just getting killed. So why not try to run some plays where Mahomes can get the ball out of his hand quicker? It made no sense to me. Um, I mean, hopefully the addition of, uh, you know, Stephen or Stefan Wisniewski, um, who we'll mention here in a minute, will, you know, shore up the offensive line. Hopefully he can come in and start at left guard, and then I guess they're going to keep Cameron Irving out at left tackle, which is fine. He's been decent through since Fisher was hurt up until last night. Um, yeah, so, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do with the pass protection, but it, it just it really can't couldn't get much worse. I, I know that the, the Colts defense, defensive line is underrated, but it was ridiculous. Uh, they they got to figure that out. You know, it'll, they'll get better when when they when Fisher comes back, and you know, whenever we can get everybody back on the offensive line. But it was bad. It was a bad game in general. But before we get on 
move on to um, some, we had you guys text in um, and some of your responses to the game. Um, we, we did mention that Stefan, I assume that's how you pronounce it, Stefan Wisnowski. Yeah. We'll just call him Wiz. That's yeah, what they call Wiz. him is Wiz. Wiz. Um, he was on, well, hopefully he'll he'll help with the pass protection as, as we talked about. Uh, he was on that, um, he was on the team where the Eagles won the Super Bowl, uh, so he can't be too terrible, if he, you know, but um, I don't really know a whole ton about him, but um, it, it can't be any worse than than Hunter or played last week or any of the guys, honestly. Yeah, so Wiz, um, which he goes by, um, he, yeah, you're right. He was on the Super Bowl team with the Eagles. Um, he was the starting left guard for them. And, uh, you know, in 2018, they kept him around. And I believe he got cut midway through the season. Uh, he just wasn't playing well. Um, and then, you know, up until this week, obviously, he wasn't on a roster. And I kind of mentioned this on Twitter. I hate the narrative that if a guy's a free agent, it means he's not good. I hate that narrative. It makes no sense um, because if he wasn't good, then nobody would sign him. He'd still be a free agent. The Chiefs wouldn't have signed him if he wasn't any good. Um, because, I mean, NFL teams churn the roster every single week. You know, they churn the bottom of the roster every single week. They bring in guys, they cut guys, they bring in guys, they cut guys, so on and so forth. Um, and so Wisniewski, I mean, he's got some talent, or he's got really nice talent, actually. He's been great throughout his career up until last year. Um, and so hopefully he'll come in and he can be a nice stopgap guard for us um, at left guard um, until Andrew Wiley gets back. And, you know, if he's really, really good and he takes Andrew Wiley's job for the rest of the year, that's fine. Um, worst case scenario he plays for, you know, three weeks until Andrew Wiley gets back, and then he becomes your backup center and guard, which is perfectly fine. Uh, he's got to be better than Ryan Hunter. If he's going to come in and be a backup guard after Wiley gets back, he's got to be better than Ryan Hunter. So you've got to feel good about that. And then the Chiefs also signed uh, defensive tackle Terrell McLean, who's a journeyman. Uh, he spent a couple years with the Cowboys, and as you know, I live down here in Dallas and so I spent a lot of time watching Terrell McLean, and the guys down here in Dallas really, really liked McLean. Um, he got signed away from the Cowboys um, by the Redskins in like 2017 or 2016, I believe. And um, you know he got a he got a pretty nice contract um, to go to the Redskins, and the Cowboys I know for a fact wanted to keep him around. Um, they, I I believe if I remember correctly, they made an offer to him, and it just wasn't what the Redskins were offering. So McLean went to Washington. And uh, ultimately got released, I think. Um, but he's a solid defensive tackle. He's not a great run, or he's a good run stopper. He's a good, you know, pass rusher. But he's not really great at anything. He's not great at any one thing. But you know, he'll come in um, and he'll be a a decent defensive tackle for us. And hopefully, you know, he can be some depth. I don't know what we're gonna do without Chris Jones and Xavier Williams. Um, I don't know how long Chris Jones is going to be out. Xavier Williams will probably hit IR. Um, so we're going to roll with McLean and Saunders and Derek Naughty, which is not ideal. Um, but like I said, Spagnolo is going to have to make some adjustments and he's really got to show what he's, what he's capable of. Because if, if Spagnolo can't make adjustments, then he doesn't deserve to be our defensive coordinator. I don't care. I don't care if we start giving up 300 passing yards a game. I don't care. And two touchdowns. 300 passing yards and two touchdowns, three touchdowns, I don't care. But he's got to do something to start stopping the run. 
He has to because teams control the clock when they run on us like they did last week and even against Detroit. Um, so McLean's going to come in. He's going to be a role player along the defensive line. Uh, Wiz is going to come in, and he'll be the starting left guard for a while. So I'm pretty happy with those two signings. Um, so, I mean, you know, hopefully there's a couple other moves that I'd like to see him make, but that's that's for another time. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to some responses, and sorry, I can't, couldn't get to them. I got out. I, I got him here. Yeah, oh. go I, I got them pulled up here, so okay. So, Ori Ori sent me a few. I'll I'll read them off to you, um, and then you can discuss what you think on them, and then I'll I'll give a rebuttal to it. Right. So the first one here from the five oh nine, they said, if I'm being honest, we need to trade Watkins and free up cap space. He's always injured. Then we can use the cap space for a linebacker. Our secondary isn't great, but the horrible linebackers and weak defensive line make it look worse than it really is. Clark is overpaid, and I'd rather have Ford and Houston back. The O-line will be good once they get healthy. What do you think? Uh, okay, let's start from the bottom. So the, the O-line, the easiest questions. So the O-line will be good once they are healthy. Um, the, I really hope that they are. Um, I think that they will be better. Um, I don't think they'll be really good when they're when they're healthy, but yes, I th- I think I would agree with that they would be better when they're when they're healthy. Um, so then Clark is overpaid, and I'd rather have Ford and Houston back. Uh, I think that one's a little bit um, a little bit too soon. Um, I don't know. I think that yes, Houston had a game a, a good game against us, and I love Houston when he was in, on the Chiefs, but I think it was more of a revenge type thing for him what fired him up even more for this game he wasn't like that and you know wasn't it was definitely one of the bigger names but he was his play slowed down dramatically i don't think i would ra- have rather have him back than clark and as for ford yes he's good but um then you're we would be right back to the same situation we were last year and you guys would be complaining about that too so yeah so here's the deal first and foremost um, they complain about Sammy Watkins being hurt all the time and that we should trade him for a linebacker. And then they go on to say that they want Ford and Houston back who were injured all the time. So, I mean, you can't want both. You can't want to trade Sammy because he's hurt all the time. And then you can you don't want Ford and Houston back because they were hurt all the time. That makes no sense to me. Um, I'm happy with Clark. He hasn't performed like we have expected him to, uh, but I think he'll get there. I really do believe that. Trading Sammy Watkins makes no sense. If they're going to move on from Sammy Watkins, it has to be at the end of the year. Um, it makes no sense to remove a weapon from the offense like that um, at this time. Going on to the next um, response submitted by the 660. Uh, defense did not do their job tonight. They could not get off the field. It's unacceptable for the defense to let them run the ball 45 times and allow six point or six yards per carry. Offense could never even get going because the defense was on the field. It felt like the whole game. Um, so, yeah, I agree. The defense felt like they were on the field the entire game because they were on the field for two-thirds of the game, yep. which is absolutely ridiculous and unacceptable. Um, so what do you think? Um, yeah, he's right. There's, <laughs> there's there's not a whole lot to go off, but, uh, yeah, they do need to do that. They need to uh, – is. Yeah, I, I, the people have been going back and forth. Was it the offense fault? Was it the defense fault? Neither played good, but the, we couldn't. Mahomes could, and the offense could never get a rhythm because 
anytime that you know there's that was partly their fault but they were they never even got a chance half the time they the Colts were on the field for 37 minutes of possession time we were on it for 22 there's just no way and Mahomes if I I believe if and I like I said it's not Pringle's fault but I think if Pringle gets that first down the Mahomes goes down the field and we win the game with so with that being said like all of this going down they still they still could have won but the the yeah, the defense is a huge problem. They didn't do what they're supposed to. The, you can't let them just keep running. We've already talked about this 100 times, but short and sweet, yes, you're right. They need to do better. Yeah, and the thing is, is the offense could have done better and the defense could have done better. Um, you know, like like you said, people are going back and forth on that, and I think it's both. I mean, Patrick Mahomes got one less possession than he normally gets, and they're like, oh, it's just one less possession. Well, you know, Patrick Mahomes usually scores when he has the ball. Yeah. And so if he would have had one more possession, he might have scored, you know. Um, yeah. And then at the end of the game, you know, after they kicked the field goal and there was, what, one minute and 15 seconds left or something like that, yeah. uh, if the defense had, you know, made a stop earlier and it would have been four minutes and 15 seconds, then the Colts could have come out, we could have kicked the ball, the Colts could have come out, and the defense could have made a stop, and then Mahomes could have had, you know, two and a half minutes to go down there and, and potentially score. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it is both both the offense and the defense's fault. That's period. There's no discussion about that. The next response from the 816, um, I felt like we needed this loss. We needed to be punched in the mouth sometimes because I think our defense was being lazy out there and the o- O-line fails to realize that they, that they are guarding the MVP. Mitchell for two straight games has led his defender – um, get back at least three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Now, I I agree with that because, um, you know, we are riding so high, I think we needed to be humbled a little bit. Um, you know, I think last year um, in weeks four and five, I tweeted this, Patrick Mahomes was not good in weeks four and five. He threw for like 600 yards. He had a touchdown and two interceptions. Um, and he's basically had identical stats other than the two interceptions. He's had one touchdown, no interceptions, and he's thrown for like 20 more yards um, in weeks five and or weeks four and five. So I, I do believe that we needed that loss. I don't know if we needed the loss, but we definitely needed to be humbled um, and, you know, sit back down, put our pen to paper and uh, get back to work and, and, you know, figure, figure out what we can do to be better. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I agree with it. I think that the, we kept going on. The defense, we, us as fans, realized that the defense was not doing what they needed to be doing, and eventually it was going to come back to bite us, and this was the week that it did. And I think that they, well, I, w- I would hope that they would take that and use as motivation to get better and realize that they can't play like they've been playing or they're going to start losing football games. So moving on to the next one. Um, it says it's maybe time to start talking about Mahomes' record in primetime games. He's one in five dating back to last year. You want to take that one off first, Grant? Yeah. Um, so, like you said, uh, then from the 972, Mahomes is one in five between last year and this year in primetime games, excluding the playoffs, obviously. Um, in the four, in the five losses, Mahomes averaged 32.6 points. 
In the five losses, Mahomes has averaged 32.6 points. That's including a 40-point showing against the Patriots and a 50-point showing against the Rams. They lost both of those games. Um, they won in Denver. Mahomes um, put together a game-winning drive there. Uh, lost in New England, or yeah, lost in in New England. Like I said, um, a 40-point loss. Um, lost against the Rams, a, a game in which he put up 50 points. And then he lost in Kansas City against the Chargers, which was a last-minute win. Lost in Seattle, which is never easy to play in Seattle. We know that. Russell Wilson is a fantastic quarterback. Um, and then he lost uh, in Kansas City against the Colts on Sunday, which we know was very bad. That's obviously the worst loss of, of all five. And, uh, you know, other than that, the, the Patriots and the Rams are were the two teams in the Super Bowl last year. We played on the road at, against both of those teams. Um, the, the Seattle, uh, the Seattle Seahawks are a fantastic team. It's always hard to play on the road there. And then the chargers, you know, we always have tough games against the chargers. So no, I'm not worried about the five Mahomes one and five record, um, in primetime games. I'm not worried about it right now, at least, um, you know, if this continues over the next, you know, year or two, then I'll, I'll start to be concerned. Um, but it's not like he's losing to bad teams in primetime. They're really, really good teams with really good quarterbacks, really good defenses. And it's not like Mahomes has played bad. Like I said, he's put up 32.6 points in his five losses. So um, with that being said, uh, I'm not worried. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, he's, he's put up a ton of points in all, almost all of the games that he's lost in primetime. Um, and, you know, that goes back to we have a terrible defense, uh, if we're being honest. Our defense is just not good. Um, they can't get stops when they need to. Um, and, then, yes, the one game that he didn't score very many points was was this week. And yet here we all are still talking about how bad the defense is and why they were one of the main reasons why we lost the game. Yes, Mahomes was off a little bit, but it's, the defense is still a problem. Like, you can't. But there's no way you can blame 50-point game on Mahomes, 40 against the Patriots, and say that Mahomes didn't do it what he needed to be doing. It's just he can't do he can't be Superman every single game. Like it's just right, it's just right. not possible. And it just happens to be like yes, the primetime games are primetime because we're playing against really good teams, and when they, those good teams go against our defense, they're going to score a lot of points. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. Um, and like you said, all we needed was a stop from the yeah. defense for, for Mahomes to go out and beat the Colts on Sunday. Here's the thing. All we needed was a stop from the defense against the Patriots. All we needed was a stop from the defense against the Rams. All we needed was a stop from the defense against the Chargers. And all we needed was a stop against the defense or by the defense against the Seahawks. Yep. And obviously the Colts, like I mentioned on Sunday. Every single game that we lost could have been won by Pat, won by Patrick Mahomes if we had just gotten a stop by the defense. The only one, the yeah. only one that I would argue that was Mahomes' fault was the Rams game. And that's because he threw two interceptions at the end of the game by trying to force passes. Mm -hmm. That's the only one. But either way, Mahomes went out and he put up 50 points. So you can't you can't be mad at him because the defense allowed what was it 56 or something absurd like that? That is ridiculous. So, I mean, if the defense had allowed, I think actually Mahomes went up, it was 49 to 50 or something like that. 
And then the Rams came out and scored again to make it 56 to 51, at which point Mahomes threw two interceptions to end the game. Anyway, that's that. That's from the text line. You know, hopefully we'll keep that thing going uh, this week. I know Ori got a lot of responses and yeah. uh, he wasn't, he didn't expect to get that many, but this is actually pretty cool. I, I liked, uh, I liked adding that in there. Um, moving on to what to watch um, for the Chiefs game on Sunday against the Texans. So the Chiefs will be in Arrowhead again um, against the Texans, who actually went out and put up over 50 points last week. Um, so what can we or what should we expect from them um, going into week six, you know, after two weeks um, in which the offense didn't look themselves and the defense is allowing uh, teams just to run wild on them? Uh, the first thing is, can the offense get back to its normal selves? You know, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to make his adjustments. You know, hopefully he'll get his ankle healed up. Um, and then I think Andy Reid is going to come out and he's going to get a little more creative. And, and I think he's going to fix things um, for the offense offense this week. I, I definitely do. Yeah. And I don't know what the defense is going to do. They'll probably still be terrible, honestly. They'll, they'll probably still run all over us. Carlos Hyde will probably have a career game against us after we cut him. Uh, but I think the offense is going to come back. I think they're going to be pretty mad, pretty mad at the way they played last week, and they're going to put up a lot of points. I think that they're going to – here's my prediction. You're going to get a pretty early prediction here. I'm going to say that, the, that Mahomes is going to throw for four touchdowns and – 400 yards against okay. against against the Texans and they're going to win. You know, I think there's going to be I think McCoy's going to get a touchdown and a running touchdown. I th- is, is he going to be back? He's going to be he's all going to be good to go, right? Yeah, like as far as I know, as far as I know McCoy is fine. I'm not sure why I don't, he didn't sure. play at all after he fumbled, so nothing makes yeah. sense in that game. So, any anyway, um and yeah, I think they're going to I think it's going to be a shootout and I think Watson's going to have a good game as well. I don't know how he wouldn't um, but I think that it's going to be a real good game, but I think we're going to, we're going to bounce back and go to five and one. The next thing is, can Andy Reed establish, establish the run? Um, I think he has to, I mean, you know, I've, I've been a huge, uh, supporter of, you know, running backs don't matter. You don't need a great running back to be successful. I still believe that, but the running game itself does matter to me, at least I think the running game does matter. Um, I just don't think that you need a elite running back to succeed in doing that. But, um, you know, Andy Reid is going to come need to come out and establish the run. Uh, I think he'll do that. You know, we did have a, a nice running game um, against the, the Lions. You know, Shady McCoy and Daryl Williams had two really nice games themselves or had really nice games uh, against the Lions. And... Um, you know, so I think Andy Reid will come in and he'll realize that where the offense was uh, suffering uh, last week against the Colts, and I think he'll he'll come in and fix the run. What do you think? Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think that they'll stick with McCoy a little more. I don't know, like we talked about, I don't understand why they took him out after just one fumble. I get that. Um, everybody had been talking about for a while the way he holds the ball he's going to run it but on that run he wasn't holding the ball like he normally does he was actually carrying it pretty well um, and I think if they're able I think Andy Reid will know that he's a dynamic you know each each week he's had at least one pretty like a breakout run he's had a like he gets up the field pretty like mm-hmm. 20 30 was a third like a 30 yard run last week yep yeah so he 
you know, he's capable of those big plays and we need those things to keep our to keep our drives going, especially if, you know, for some reason Mahomes is still a little shaky at the beginning of the game. Uh, and just to be able to have have him, you know, have a have wow, have a chance for dynamic plays. Um, I, I just don't know how I don't know why they wouldn't give him feed him the ball some more. Uh, moving on. Um Something another thing to watch for is will Frank Clark continue to improve? Um, I I think so. Um, you know, like we talked about, he's he's been pretty decent uh, as far as when they run to his side um, for for rush you know rush defense. Um, but as as far as getting to the quarterback, uh, hopefully he'll continue. Hopefully he'll get a couple sacks on Watson. If we can make Watson a little more uncomfortable, it'll, it'll help us a lot. Uh, but I think I think he's obviously capable of doing more than he's done. Um, and maybe this will be one of those games where he uh, has a coming out party. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, last week was a pretty tough matchup for the entire defensive line. I think the Colts have the best offensive line in the league, and I don't think it's particularly close. You know, so Frank Clark, he went out there, and he actually had his best game with Chris Jones off the field. You know, he continued to get double teamed. Um, you know, there was – he. He didn't win. He There was obviously plays where Frank Clark was matched up one-on-one, and he obviously didn't win a ton of those. Um, but he did lead the team in pressures last week, and um, he did, I mean, get chip-blocked a crazy amount of times. You know, I was sitting there, and I was watching, and I was like, oh, Frank Clark is so close. He's going to get a sack. And then they would peel off a blocker and chip-block Frank Clark. And mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, that was their game plan, and they stuck to it, and it continued to work. And it's because Spagnolo didn't get creative. You know, Spagnolo has to get creative with the pass rush. He can't just run Frank Clark straight forward and expect him to bull rush the offensive tackle every time because they know that he's just going to come with a bull rush every time. You know, so I, I would hope that uh, Spagnolo will get creative with Frank Clark, you know, maybe run some stunt blitzes and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think I think Frank Clark will continue to improve even with a tough matchup against Laramie Tunzel, um, who the Texans basically traded their entire franchise for. Um, earlier in the year so we'll have to see how that goes um you know i just expect to see a good game from frank clark as a pass rusher um he's definitely shown that he's capable of stopping the run he's made some some huge plays in the run actually um he made a stop against the lions uh two weeks ago that you know potentially won us the game um and then he made a huge stop against the colts uh last night as well among a few other plays that he made um, moving on to the next one, and we kind of mentioned this that the Chiefs needed to do with Brissett, and they just didn't do it, is they need to make Deshaun Watson beat them with his arm. They can't allow Carlos Hyde to run wild on them. You know, Carlos Hyde is going to want to come out, and he's going to want to have a revenge game, just like Justin Houston did. You know, the Chiefs traded him away for Martinez Rankin, and, uh, you know, I hopefully that... The Chiefs will come out and they'll do what I said. You know, I would expect Spagnolo to disguise the defense a little bit and make it look like they're trying to stop the run uh, and just force Deshaun Watson to beat him with his arm. Uh, we've seen that Deshaun Watson is capable of some crazy plays and we've seen Deshaun Watson capable of horrible mistakes that lose the game for the Texans. So who knows what Deshaun Watson we're going to get. He's on the road. He's he's not great on the road. And uh, so hopefully Spagnuolo is going to come out there and and he's going to force Deshaun Watson to be a great player. And, um, you know, ultimately we'll we'll shut him down, I hope. 
Yeah, I, I hope that Spagnuolo gets creative with the way he blitzes him. I hope that he, they, he has a lot of ways to contain him so he can't run around on us either, so he's not scrambling for yards. And, yeah, as, as far as um, Hyde's concerned, you know that the announcers are waiting to go, yeah, this guy was just released from the, the Chiefs, and you know he's wanting to have – it's going to be so annoying if, if I keep having to hear Hyde. Hyde's trying to have a revenge game. Hyde has – 150 yards in the first half. It's going to be so irritating. So please, please, Spagnolo, if you're listening, which I know you're not, please stack the box and make Watson throw. I know that he has uh, Hopkins that's going to be a beast and he's going to be almost impossible to stop. But please don't let him, don't let them sit there and run up the middle on us. I will be fine if Watson has 10,000 yards against us in the passing game as long as. We are able to have Mahomes on the field, and they're not standing there running the clock out the entire game. Because I, I, I think we can win a shootout, but I don't. We're not going to win if they sit there and run on us all game. And here's the thing: as we said, we need to force Deshaun Watson to beat us with his arm. This is going to sound a little bit crazy, but I would put Chavarius Ward on DeAndre Hopkins. I would man up Javarius Ward on DeAndre Hopkins, and I would give him help defense from you know Juan Thornhill. Um, I would I would definitely double team DeAndre Hopkins. I don't want Javarius Ward, you know, in single coverage on DeAndre Hopkins. But Javarius Ward is long, he's physical, and I think he's the ba- the best player to match up with DeAndre Hopkins um, as long as we have Thornhill helping over the top. Um, you know. Breland has been really grabby, and DeAndre Hopkins is a really, really physical receiver, and I don't want Breland coming out and doing what he did last week and having an absurd amount of penalties because DeAndre Hopkins is the type of player that will force you into making mistakes and force you into grabbing onto his jersey and stuff like that. So, like I said, I would put um, Breland over there on Will Fuller, um, and then I'd have Ward um, over here on on DeAndre Hopkins with Thornhill on the top. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it's it's gonna be rough either way because Fuller just went absolutely apeshit last week too. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and he could, but yeah, I I agree, I agree with what you're saying. I don't we don't need Breland over there. <laughs> I could just I can just picture it like that. Just the replays. Well, of the, the thing of, is is. The thing is, is I think I think Breland is physical enough to bully Will Fuller at the line of scrimmage as long as he doesn't get beat off the press. So I think Breland can handle Will Fuller one on one, but I don't think I don't want Breland covering DeAndre Hopkins at least not for the majority of the game. Um, one in single coverage, and two, um, you know, I don't I don't want him getting grabby like he did last week and and making stupid mistakes in terms of penalties. Yeah, I could just see the replay of the, of the, the Wallace. Look back at the penalty to see if he got him on that one. It's just Breland holding his jersey. Oh yeah, he's gonna be ripping jerseys, oh, ripping yeah. jerseys like crazy. Yeah, but I, I expect Breland to recover from his mistake. Um, I think the better matchup for me would just be to have Breland on Fuller and Ward on Hopkins with help defense over the top. Yeah. Moving uh, on to the next, what did you say? I was going to say, I'm prepared. I would love to watch a shootout of them, those guys going off more than I would want. I can't sit there and watch another game of Carlos Hyde running straight up the middle. I can't oh. do it. 
I agree. Yeah. So we're gonna have to stop Carlos Hyde because if Carlos Hyde runs all over us, the way he's actually been playing really well this year. If Carlos Hyde runs all over us this week, it's gonna be really, really embarrassing because all the Chiefs fans, everybody hated Carlos Hyde. They wanted him gone so bad. Yep. And uh, if Carlos Hyde comes out and he has six yards per carry and he runs the ball, you know, 18 times for 180 yards, it's going to be embarrassing. Um, Anyway, uh, the next thing is the potential return of Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. So we've lost Tyreek Hill since week one. Uh, We've been missing him desperately. Um, Believe it or not, regardless of how Patrick Mahomes has played, he's played really well, ultimately. Tyreek Hill is a huge part of this team, and he's taken his... The loss of Tyreek Hill has removed an entire dimension from this offense that it had before. Kind of like we saw with the absence of Sammy Watkins last year. Um, Even with Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins just adds a different dimension uh, to the offense. And obviously, Sammy Watkins was out last week. Um, Hopefully, we'll get him back this week. He he played like one play last week. Um, And, you know, hopefully they'll get him recovered from the hamstring problem. And we'll have Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, our top two receivers, back out there. Um, and Mahomes can, you know, go to work after after two off weeks. Yeah, good lord, we we need Tyreek back. I uh, I know our offense is able to be productive without him, but it just they're a completely different offense when he's on the field. They they can't sit there and just play. They can't sit there and play man coverage every single play with Tyreek. Tyreek's gonna beat you. Like he's gonna he's nobody can. If he runs in a straight line, there's still no there's no cornerback that can that can keep up with him. But right. he just he just uh, you know he's a game breaker even and uh, even on those just little little plays like we just Mahomes was just quick pass right to Tyreek and he can just make a you know make plays up the field because he's just so quick and is uh, mm-hmm. something that defenders can't they can't practice for and honestly if if he is coming back I hope that they don't it would be eh, it'll su- it'll suck for us not knowing if he's going to play but it'd be really nice for the Texans not to be able to know until last minute so they can't sit there and game plan for him. Yeah, I, I think he'll be questionable, um, yeah. but I think he'll be, I think he'll still practice in full probably um, at some point during the week. Uh, we'll just have to see because, I mean, he's been practicing on a limited basis. Um, you know, it's just, I don't think he's prepared for, you know, full contact, you know, getting hit like he normally does, uh, at least not last week. I think, I think he'll be ready for that this week. So, you know, Hill is a, he's a jack, he's jacked. So, I mean, you know, he can take hits and punishment that, you know, other guys can't really take. Um, But like you said, Hill just adds a different dimension to the, to this offense. And even without Hill and Watkins, Mahomes has been playing better than 75% of the quarterbacks in the league. Um, So, I mean, Tom Brady went out against the uh, bills two weeks ago and threw for like 180 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions uh, and put up 16 points, but Mahomes goes out and throws for 300 plus yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions, uh, and loses at home. And and our fans are freaking out, which is just ridiculous, especially without Hill and Watkins. So hopefully we'll get them back, uh, and we can go to work on the Texans, you know, at home and and give the fans, uh, the loyal, somewhat loyal fans of Kansas City, um, something to watch on Sunday. Um, I mean that's. That's really about it, don't you think? Yeah, that's, that's all I can think of. It's a rough week. <laughs> it is a rough week, so we're recovering. And this is the longest podcast we've done in a long time, and it's because we had a lot to rant about. Even yeah. without Austin, 
we have one less guy sitting here talking and we had a lot to rant about. Yep. Um, so that's about it for this week, guys. Um, as you know, we have a giveaway going on on Twitter. Uh, it's pinned to the top of our profile. It is a signed Chris Jones photo compliments of Cody, uh, one of our graphics guys. So y'all go check that out. If you're not following us already, uh, go follow us on Twitter and retweet the giveaway and you'll be entered to win that, which, which ends, uh, I believe on the 17th. Uh, it's the game after the Sunday after next. So, uh, y'all go check that out. Also, we have a new store merchandise store up and running. Uh, it's, it's not fully, uh, done yet, but you can still go on there and check everything out that we have currently and, uh, go on there and, you know, buy yourself a shirt, a hoodie, a polo, whatever you want. Um, all the gear is, you know, really good quality and everything. And I believe it's fairly priced. You know, I've got some stuff from that we've, uh, made. I know Ori's got some stuff. Austin got a sweatshirt and, uh, I know Cody has a shirt as well. So, um, and obviously Chris Jones and McCall Hardman and Tyreek Hill have our shirts as well. So, oh, and Chavarius Ward does as well. I forgot about that. Send us those gloves for it. Yep. Send us the gloves for a shirt. So, um, you know, y'all go check out the store. Uh, if, even if you don't feel like making any purchases or you, you're not, you don't have the means to make a purchase right now, uh, at least give us a retweet and, and maybe somebody that follows you will be interested. Also, if you guys if you guys have any ideas for for something that you'd like to see, some different types of shirts and anything like that, let us know and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, and if you want something different, if you want a weird color like a blue shirt or something like that, let us know and we can add it to the store um, and you can go on there and order it. So, I mean, we can pretty much do anything. We got bags, um, we got all types of tank tops, other hoodies, uh, zip-up jackets and stuff like that, so... Y'all check it out. Tell us what you want, and we can add it on there, and you can go get yourself some Arrowhead Live merchandise. So that's it for episode 20, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode 21, hopefully coming off a win. Uh, this was a disappointing week, obviously, and uh, we ranted on and on about the game this week. We have an hour-long podcast here, which is pretty crazy because I don't even think we've hit 30 minutes you know, most of the last few weeks. So. Thank you for listening. Uh, Y'all have a great week. Enjoy the game on Sunday and go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.